get the feeling that there's a hidden, deeper meaning in your favorite movies, books, and TV shows? Look no further. Therapist Ryan Engelstad goes so deep that what he brings back may not exist at all. This is Overanalyzing with Ryan. All right, Mike, it is time. Time. For the the long-awaited return of Overanalyzing with Ryan. Guitar solo. Because what what a perfect uh, show for us to do some overanalyzing than a show that has time travel and magical dockets. Magical dockets. Magical doctors <laughs> with magical screwdrivers, right? Sonic screwdrivers. That was thing. Sonic called? screwdriver. Yeah. Right. And you know I, what I'm I know some do? Doctor Who stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna when I write up the show notes, I'm gonna spell Doctor D R sure. everywhere. Yeah. So that my so my wife tries to kill me. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, Bree. So watching this, watching how Van Gogh was treated and the sort of depiction of his hallucinations, it reminded me of a theory that I'm fond of. And I wanna preclude this by saying that I don't necessarily uh, adhere to these beliefs because we're going to go into religious territory for for a little bit of of this overanalyzing. So I just want to I just want to put this out there that um, I'm not saying that this is definitely true. I'm just uh, making commentary on how people who have experienced what we today would refer to as mental health symptoms have been treated. Uh, how have they been treated through the centuries? Even right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna tag on to that sentiment. Okay. Cool. So. Mike, in this time, in Van Gogh's time, people who were seen as quote unquote crazy, people who had hallucinations, um, people who were seen as manic or depressive were put in institutions, right? Right. So they were, send them away. Asylums. Yes. And that stayed that way for a long time. And only within the last uh, 20, 40? 30, 40 years yeah. has that changed. But Mike, before institutions, before asylums... Oh, God. I was thinking about this when we did the episode. Yeah. You know, people, and, and, and I will go back even to, you know, just picture what we generally think of as what society looked like around the year zero, right? Oh my and God. people who, let's just say, um, who were regarded as prophets, perhaps, were regarded as uh, seers, quote unquote seers, like Nostradamus, who was... Oh, my God. I can't believe you're talking about this right now. Okay, well, uh, before you and before you <laughs> jump in, well, well, I'm sure you'll. I'll get your reaction in a second because I'm, I'm I'm on a roll here. We're we're not only accepted, but we're revered in society. It's like, oh, uh, you you say you can speak to God. That's awesome. Tell me what God says. You know, this is incredibly valuable information. So they weren't questioned. Now, I, I, this is I, I I can't speak this like this is not universally true. I don't know how. You know, Nostradamus was treated, but um, just the fact that we know who Nostradamus is and we know people who are seen as prophets because they prophesied supposedly could speak to God and were and could and, and God spoke to them were treated, were, were validated. Let's just say they were validated. Right mm -hmm. now, there were some that might have been looked at as, quote unquote, crazy. And I'm sure if Nostradamus existed today, he might be a homeless guy on the corner in New York City saying the end is coming. Right. The end is near. Right. Um, because that was sort of one of the things he was known for, was just sort of predicting the end times. But it just, it struck me that I don't know what changed 
And this is the part of the theory that I need to sort of flesh out. I don't know what changed in between, you know, people just being validated and accepted and then being uh, isolated and sent to institutions. But it's fascinating to me that let's just hypothesize, and I'm not saying this for certain, but if prophets were experiencing mental illness symptoms, were experiencing hallucinations, were... Oh, instead of instead of actually yes, being Yes, hypothetically speaking... Again, not making this accusation, but if they were, you know, and the fact that people not just accepted, but embraced this possibility. So you you say you're seeing things. Fantastic. Tell us more. That that is really a kind of the place that we've gotten back to in treating people who experience hallucinations, at least in the mental health community. When someone says, uh, I, I saw my dead mom, you know, I saw this, I saw that, this hallucination. It's like, okay. Tell me what that was like. Tell me what you saw. What was the context? You know, that's yeah, how I'm we, interested. Right. That's how we treat it now in a in a, a clinical setting. We want to know more. We don't we don't uh, send them to asylums. We don't uh, revile them. We don't you know shun them. Now we might offer them medication. We might offer them things that would help that these symptoms. Um, but even that's not necessarily universally the the way that these things are treated because sometimes it's just a matter of. Um, work being done in therapy or coping skills that people can use to allow their reality to be their reality, but to still, quote unquote, conform to societal norms, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just fascinating to me. And, you know, there, there's a quote. But while I'm looking for my quote, Mike, I, you, you were uh, freaking out that I was talking about Nostradamus. I was freaking out because I was thinking about this okay. in between. Yeah watching it and talking to you. Okay. This exact thing. I was okay. thinking about the book of Revelation. I was thinking, man, some guy had schizophrenia and wrote the book of Revelation. Yep. And they put it in there. And the most important book of its day. <laughs> right. And he was just believed, mm -hmm. you know, for what it was. Yep. Oh, totally. Yeah. The the demons. Four out of horsemen the sky? of the apocalypse. Yep. Mm -hmm. This is craziness good stuff like, put it in the book it, yep. and, yeah <laughs> out of control so yeah no i was just thinking about how the the wheels have turned and how did it get from that to what it was was it the seeing more people like that and there's just no way everyone can be a prophet or was it seeing people outside of your religion be yeah. like that was it let's see it was only the past 40 years that we came out of the asylum age so before mm -hmm. that was it because not as many people were as devoutly religious as once were. Does that, I don't know if that makes sense. No, I, I, yeah, I'm with you because so the quote I was looking for that sort of applies to this is, um, it's a, the thing I found it's attributed to Dr. House. I'm sure more other, other people have said this, <laughs> but basically the idea being, um, you talk to God or you pray to God and you're religious. If God talks to you, you're psychotic. Now I think that is a more modern view of people in the yeah. sense that if you say, God spoke to you, people are going to kind of look that, look at that with like a, a, a concerned look, a, a what's going on with this person kind of reaction. But back in the times that we're talking about, like if someone came out and said, you know, God spoke to me, it's like, oh, finally, God has spoken to someone else. Right. Tell us what God has said. And I think part of it is, you know, the sort of evolution of what we know and what we don't know. Right. Yeah. Whether that be yeah. about the brain, about people. Because that was something they knew, right? Yes. They knew that to be fact, and people aren't scared of what they know. But then once they start realizing that, well, maybe that isn't that. You know, maybe what they're saying is 
their weird brain. Mm -hmm. So now they're like, well, I don't know what that is. So you're a witch. Let's burn you. Exactly. Exactly. um, Or you're crazy. Put you in a box. You know, Mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah. (laughs) So with skepticism comes fear. And with fear could come anger. And with anger can come you know, uh, asylums and burning people at the stake and all these sort of terrible things and people being shunned. And, you know, our people have been through so much. I know, you know, and I'm not suggesting here that if someone uh, uh, tells you that they have a hallucination, that you should start trying to interact with the hallucination in the way that Doctor Who interacts with the creature. I'm not suggesting you go that far, but I am suggesting that on, on its face, if someone tells you that they're experiencing... And much as like you, Mike, you you talked about, you know, your uh, smell hallucinations a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And your family did not tell you you did not smell that. Mm-mm. They weren't trying to invalidate you. They acknowledged that they did not smell it, which was, I think, important information for you. But, but they believed me. Right. Exactly. And I think that for someone who's experiencing hallucinations, whether they know their hallucinations or not, is just a really important starting step to then quote unquote normalize the experience, right? Absolutely. No, it I that was like the the aftershock of it, mm-hmm. the fact that my family believed me, like I didn't have to feel crazy about it, you know? Yeah. Right. They just went, well, it could have been a med thing. Um it could be because, you know, you have bipolar. It could be all these different things that relate to your mental status. So, what? No big deal. You're you know, you're not having a stroke, so that's a good thing. Right. So again, I, I want to be clear. I don't I also don't want to start assuming that people who are experiencing hallucinations or people who are diagnosed schizophrenic are actually prophets. But there's a middle ground here where we can accept people's experiences and allow them to still be in society, still uh, live right. without judgment, live without uh, with without hate, without fear. Right. Because by the time we get to Van Gogh, yeah, exactly. He's he's outcast because he's known as a madman mm-hmm. and it's like you know it's yeah we're lucky we live when we live stigma still exists but it isn't what it was yeah so so no super funny hahas in today's uh extra discussion but um that's my overanalyzing mike is that i i kind of wish in some ways we were back to olden times <laughs> i have a whole lot more overanalyzing and we just can't do it so okay that's <laughs> whatever you want to do no, 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 no. We wouldn't be able to. Yeah, so. Okay, that's fine. All right. All right well, well, thanks for listening, everybody. And then let us know maybe on social media or wherever you'd like to comment about whether or not you agree with this with this crazy theory. Share Pop Psych. All right. Thanks, guys. Hasta. Hasta.